Welcome to the Do Life Better podcast, where we believe that you get to create who you have been and who you become, and that it's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference. I'm your host, Dave Jorner, and each week I will bring you the best guests, tips, and messages to inspire and help you and me do life even better. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let's get started. My friends, and thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. And I want to give a big shout out to all of our Do Life Better family who has been sharing these episodes, these podcasts out with your friends and your family and people in your life who you know really benefit from this. Because again, it's obvious to see that you are doing it because the downloads are continuing to grow. So thank you very much for that. And today's fan of the week is Andy Laura 25 who says, wonderful. And gives a five-star rating. Thank you for that. Uh, they go on to say, thanks, Dave. Absolutely love listening to these on my way to work. Always inspiring. So Andy Laura, 25, thank you very much. I really do appreciate hearing these comments that everyone's been sending in lately. It's a nice way for me to see how these episodes are helping you and also to know when you're listening. Um, A lot of you listen when you're in the gym or when you're going for a walk or doing some housework or on your way to work or school on the way home from work or school. And so for today, how about we do something a little bit different? I would love to know what you're doing right now as you are listening to this podcast. So two things you can do. One is take a screenshot of this episode and share it. The other one is to actually take a photo of what you are looking at right now. If you are driving, maybe don't do that while you're in the car. Maybe do it when you get out. But how about you take a photo of whatever it is that you're looking at right now while you are listening to this episode and then tag us in. Um, Again, I'd love to know what you do when you uh, tune in. So again, Andy, Laura, 25, thank you very much. I really do appreciate you reaching out and giving us that comment. And if you would like to be the fan of the week, make sure you get onto your podcast app, leave us a rating or a review, and a review that is. Or you're also welcome just to send me an email. Get on there to the Do Life Better website um, or on Facebook or Instagram and just send me a direct message. And again, that way you can be the fan of the week. Now, I am excited to bring you today episode. This one has been a long time coming. You may remember before Christmas, I was talking about Sam Webb, who had been on Neighbours, who's also the co-founder for Living. And he and I decided, well, it was really his idea, decided to offer a 15% discount for the Living website in the lead up to Christmas. And um, again, I'm really excited about bringing you this one today because I know this is such an important topic. Um, a lot of people out there are struggling. You know, maybe you are yourself. Maybe you have people in your family, your friends, your colleagues who you know are struggling. And sometimes we just don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. Um, so today's episode, I know, will be incredibly helpful for you. Uh, today's guest, Sam Webb, has been doing some incredible work surrounding mental health and suicide prevention for almost six years now. He was a previous star on Neighbours, and he co-founded Livin after losing a close mate to suicide and knew that enough was enough and more needed to be done surrounding the stigma of mental health, especially in young men. Livin is all about living your life at the top and connecting, supporting, and encouraging one another to open up about their feelings and challenges because it ain't weak to speak. Through the development of cutting-edge education programs, apparel and community awareness initiatives, Living are launching a generational change. During our chat, Sam and I talk about the Living story, 
resilience and overcoming grief, various ways to better support and listen to those around you who you know may be struggling, how to be a help giver. Now, I really connected with this idea, not just being a help receiver. I mean, that's important, but how to be a help giver. Uh, He talks about warning signs for those who may be struggling, the smiling depression, and how even those who are high-functioning may be at risk. And Sam even shares about his time in smiling depression as well. He shares his self-care and daily routines and his future aspirations for his acting career as well. Now, before we get into it, I do want to give you the heads up that during this episode, Sam and I go on to share stories and experiences to do with suicide. So it is a lot deeper than most of our other episodes. And depending on your experiences and your own struggles with mental health, it could be a lot more emotional. Some of what we discussed could be a trigger for you. So both Sam and I really encourage you to connect with someone if you are affected in some way by this episode. Remember, you are not alone and it ain't weak to speak. And please, please, if you are struggling, make sure you call Lifeline's National 24-7 Counseling Service immediately on 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. And for listeners outside of Australia, please contact your local crisis centre or your family doctor if you are struggling in any way. Now, as I mentioned before, it would be great for you to share this out with your friends and family who you know could really benefit from hearing these messages today. And please do, again, share it on social media. Uh, tag me in there at Dave Jorner and at Do Love Better Podcast. Please also tag Sam Webb at Sam Webb on Instagram or on Facebook at Sam Webb AU. Please also tag in Livin, which is Livin Org. That's L-I-V-I-N-O-R-G. Tag them in there as well. They'll be fantastic. And so for now, let's get into the chat with Sam Webb. Hey, Sam, thanks for spending some time with us today on the Do Life Better podcast. Thanks, Dave, for having me. Looking forward to getting down and dirty and having a good, honest chat about a few things. And hopefully we can uh, educate some of your listeners today as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, mate, absolutely. for sure. And I've been aware of living and aware of you for a while now. One of the things that really caught my attention recently, I thought I've got to find out a lot more about this guy, was on your Instagram feed. And there was one quote particular which really strung a chord with me because the quote is, when a person feels down and someone says, suck it up, I feel like breaking their legs and telling them to walk it off. And one of the things I love about your Instagram feed is you have these pictures with you know, a bit of paper and you have all those quotes written on it and stuff. Um, tell me more about that one. Like, uh, yeah, where do you get these quotes from? Really good question, Dave. I mean, for me, I, I thought, you know what, there's a lot of people out there doing good stuff in life and there's people that utilize their, their social media channels for different reasons and everyone's on their own journey. And I'm not going to sit here and say, look, I don't do that. I used to post things that didn't really have much meaning behind them, right? So I thought, what can I do? I was always very passionate in my earlier life with looking at quotes and motivation uh, and, and sort of looked at, you know, when I was in really hard times or if, you know, if I was in a bit of a rut during a day and I saw something positive, it would sort of help me get out of that. It'd make me think, all right, well, you know, give me a different perspective. So for me, I mean, I was just putting a mental health spin on it, so to speak, and um, try to do something a little bit different and a little bit more for the social purpose or for the social good, that something that's meaningful and it sort of ties in with the work that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. So heaps of quotes from all walks of life motivate me and I just sort of try and put them into my own words and with my own thinking and my own thoughts and, and get them out there as best as I possibly can. And that one in particular, I mean, 
when someone feels down and someone says, suck it up, you know, it's like, you know, you almost feel like breaking their legs. It's basically like it's lack of understanding. It's a lack of education. And, and again, it's probably not their fault. It's just they haven't been exposed to, to mental health, the journey itself or, or the understanding of the tools or strategies. And um, I'm just trying to put topics and vulnerable thoughts and ideas out in the public eye. Without being worried, you know, you get a lot of people on social media that tend to put up images of them at the beach or doing something great in their life, which is amazing, awesome stuff. But that's just not what I want to use my socials for. So I've decided to come up with that strategy, and that's what I'm doing for the interim. <laughs> nice one, man. And I think it really struck a chord with me that day because I was at the park with my sons, and a girl fell over, and the dad came up, and I don't know if he felt pressure to be like this tough dad or whatever and show tough love but his daughter fell over and he's like harden up you'll be right and his daughter was like crying and it would have hurt me you know falling over the way she did falling off the swing and that and it's just made me um again connect with that and sometimes we just have this toxic masculinity or this toxic way of being in that you know we need to be tough we need to be strong so it's awesome to see that you're doing your best to use your platform and social media to really help break all that stuff down. And I have to, uh, one of the questions that keeps coming up with me all the time, whenever I see you with these new quotes, is like, do you carry a whole ream of paper with you <laughs> everywhere you go and a pen just in case a good quote comes to mind for that? Like, are you, are you prepared? Does it just happen or how do you I go know, with that? I, I don't want to overdo it. I mean, for me, I, I, lo- I like to make the quotes hard-hitting, honest, as raw and truthful as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Some are going to resonate with some people and some aren't. Not every post is going to be a win, people. Some people are going to look at them and think, oh, well, what, there might be some negatives on this side, and, and each to their own. I'm just telling – I'm just putting out my thoughts in the world that I feel are relevant, that, are, that fit well with my values and who I am as a person, and people can either pick them or leave them, and it's completely up to them. And um, for me, I, I, I write all my my quotes, inspirations, stories, um, thoughts, feelings, everything I get, I put into this phone, and then I go back to this and go, okay, well, let, let's let's do that one today. Maybe something's come up in a conversation where someone struggled, and I think, you know what, they've they've motivated me to put up this quote today, and that's what I'm going to do. Awesome. So I mean, it's it's not it's not completely structured, other than I don't want to put up one every single day, but but I mean, at the end of the day, I'm doing it because I I feel it helps people and. You know, the very first post that I did about a year ago, I think it was, the amount of people that say, like, I was in the work, how did you know to put that post up? I was in such a bad struggle today. Thank you so much for putting it up. You've mm. enlightened me, you've inspired me, and it's, it's helped a lot of people. So if I can continue to help people using my socials, I think it's a no-brainer. Like, what, what else am I going to use it for? I'm down at Bondi Beach getting a suntan or I'm wherever I may be. And that, that's all good, but... I want to keep my private life to me as best as I can. You know, that's my life. I just want to help people as best as I can. And if I'm going to do that, I'll use my socials. Nice one. And it ties in really nicely with the whole living brand, really, in terms of being really modern, being within the current culture, speaking the language of young people these days. So your story about living is quite well known, but I'd love to hear it from you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so where I'll start. So basically, living started in 2013. A friend of mine, his name was Dwayne. Dwayne took his own life the night of September 15, 2013. And it was a final tipping point what I like to classify, I guess, in my life in particular. Some of the last words I heard from Dwayne that night was on fire. And the ripple effect and the impact that Dwayne's suicide had on an entire community was life-changing for myself 
And as I said, it was a tipping point in my own life for a number of things, which sort of got me to a stage where, you know, we need to do something about this because who was going to be the next casualty or who, who was going to be the next victim to, 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 to suicide? And um, mental health has certainly been something that's been very close to, to my family for as long as I can even remember. And, you know, I've had my own ch challenges in the past, and, and I'm the first person to admit that. Um, and I think this channel has really given me a way to explore with a number of other things to explore this topic because I know growing up, you know, I never had someone coming to tell me what mental illness and, and, and mental health was and what are some tools, what are some strategies, how you can look after your friends. And I reflect on the night of Dwayne's death and I think of that exact moment of was I giving Dwayne the best information possible? Was I listening as much as I possibly could have? Did I really know what to say? Probably not. And even having my own mental health challenges, even losing closer friends and family prior to this, you know, I thought I had the answer to everything, but I was extremely wrong. And I don't think anyone can ever have the answer to anything. And my mantra with life, and you've probably heard it before, is, you know, I, I own the thoughts and the fact that I am a student of life. I, I don't know everything. No one knows everything. And if anyone thinks they know everything about anything, that they're, they're, they're lying to. So I'm just doing the very best with, with the help of amazing people from all walks of life. So we can change this. And, I mean, Dwayne was a life of the party, young, male, you know, masculine nature. From an outside looking in, he had it all, but he hit his pain extremely well. And there are so many Dwaynes in this world that suffer in silence to a point where suicide is the only option and suicide is the only way out. And I think if we can save so, you know, as many lives as we possibly can by sharing stories and being real raw and honest with people. I think it goes a long way to making a generational change. So that's the goal. Hopefully that answered your uh, your question. It's a long story short. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's a few questions that come to mind with that one. Um, you, you mentioned before about when you were speaking with him the last time you did. You may not have had all the answers. And you may not have been listening as best you could and that type of thing. But I suppose even with that, just being fair, that you might know a, a whole lot more now. But, you know, like back in the time, you did your very best. And I think that you know, we need to be okay with that, don't we, in terms of we might not have all the answers, as you're saying, we're a student of life. And as long as we're trying to give our very best, knowing that we don't have all the answers, but, you know, being okay with that. What's that journey been like for you now since since that time? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. I mean, the worst thing you can do right now is beat yourself or anyone who listen, who's listening right now. I mean, mm. you can't sit here and beat yourself up what you could have, should have, or would have done. I mean, you only knew what you knew in the moment of time with the information that you had. And um, as bad as circumstances get and stories and, and tragedies happen, um, you can't change that. And you can't beat yourself up about it because you only knew what you knew in the moment. So I guess my my journey nowadays is, you know, I, I like to think I'm an extremely good listener these days. You know, I don't think I was, you know, five plus years ago. Um, Can I ask you, what do you mean by a, a good listener? Like I, I know that you've been working on being a, a good listener and you feel like you're a lot better now. How do you do that? How do you improve? What are the key strategies there? What do you work I on? Think, yeah, you just got to – when you have a conversation with someone, like – I'm very mindful of mannerisms, what they're looking like, how they're, how they're playing around. I guess part of my acting side of things is that as well. I mean, you've got to be attention to detail. But 
and look at certain mannerisms and how people hold themselves, shake your hand, look at you in the eyes. It's more than what – not just listening to what comes out of their mouth. You're actually listening to their body language and listening to how people are, are presenting themselves to you. I think it's, it's more than just listening to the words out of someone's mouth because it's very easy for me to sit here and say to you, I'm, I'm fine, when really deep down behind the surface, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm up shit's Creek without a paddle. You know, but if, if people are putting off nonverbal communication cues like lack of body language or lack of self-esteem, not looking at you when they're shaking your hand, these are all signs where you've got to listen. You've got to listen non-judgmentally. And oftentimes when people want something, they, they will tell you in whether it's directly or indirectly, whether it's verbally or un, you know, non-verbally. Right. So you just got to have an open mind. I read a lot. I have a hell of a lot of conversations. I've met a lot of inspiring people over, my time, over the last few years. I've, I've been grateful enough to be on – um, a couple of journeys that I'm on in terms of my passion projects with acting and everything else and being very self-aware, like being self-aware of myself, I can actually tune into other people and what they're doing a lot more. If you, I feel if you're more self-aware, you, you know when you're not listening or you know when you're not paying as much attention as you possibly could be. You know if you're you know fidgeting around, you know if you're getting distracted. So I think being self-aware is been a big learning curve for me and I and to be honest I thank my acting classes and all my acting work that I've done over the over the last few years to that because I've really found out my strengths and weaknesses as a person I've explored the things that I'm, I, I, I sucked at and I've explored the things that I'm good at and you just got to work on work on all them together oh, for sure and by working on your self-awareness you're also working on empathy as well by being more aware of when I'm having this body language or this expression then I'm trying to hide something or I'm not feeling okay. So when you know what, what your own body language is like, it helps you more easily identify with somebody else here yeah, and pick up someone else's body language. Do you find that like, we have what we call this crap detector? You know, like someone saying, I'm fine, man, I'm fine. But you see straight through it and you're like, no, nah, you're not, mate. I know you better than that. What do you do in those moments? Do you pull them to task and say, nah, mate, I don't think you're doing okay right now? Or do you go along with it? What would be your advice with that? Again, everyone has, um, I guess, they know their friends or their family better than I do. But I know if, given the situation I'm in at the moment, I mean, if I had a friend of mine who, you know, maybe I was a bit worried about, and I, and I asked, how, how are you, man? And he might say, I'm fine. I, I'd actually pull him up on that mm. these days. I'd go, look, mate, I, you're talking to me. I'm completely open and honest. Like, I know when I'm not fine, and it's, it's all right if you're not fine. I, I feel or I sense that you're not doing too well. Is there something that I can help you with? Or, you know, I sense that you're not doing, doing okay. Is there, is there something you want to have a chat about? Is there a certain place that you'd like to speak with me about? Is there a better time of the day? Giving people options. A lot of people won't share something with you if they don't trust you. And that's just, that's just life, and that's just a part of life. Mm. Um, so... I mean, just being honest and open is best. And sometimes you might, you might get into an argument or they might be pissed off. You might, you know, struck a chord and they might get upset and angry or whatever that may be. But at least you've said it and you've mentioned it. And you might have been the only person that's been honest with that individual or that person and said, look, this is how I feel, that you're not doing too well. They'd be like, well, shit, he actually knows. Like, he can actually sense it. He's the first person in the last five years that's maybe picked up on that. That's like a gold mine. And they're probably more inclined to following up with you and saying, you know what, 
and I've had this in the past, and it's been like a month after I've had that conversation. They're like, you know what? When you spoke to me a month ago at that party, and you did pick up that I wasn't doing 100%, you were dead right. I was having a real shit hard time, and this is what I was going through. And it was just a full full elevator spiel on their life and their challenges. Mm. You just got to be honest, and, and don't be scared to you know receive the hard-hitting answers because, as I said earlier, you're not going to have the answers to everything anyway. So just listen non-judgmentally. And listen as best as you possibly can, because oftentimes that's that's all they want you to do. Oh, for sure, for sure. And with that, you know, you're saying that you've changed a lot yourself. You've been working on your weaknesses and growing your strengths a lot um, since your mate Dwayne passed away. And you've been able to turn what must have been such a traumatic, difficult time in your life into something so life giving life-changing for other people, life-saving even for so many people. I mean, they talk about one of the best ways to um, work through grief is to create something positive. So kudos to you, mate. Well done in terms of starting up living out of that moment. And the the number of lives that you must have saved and changed is huge. And then the number that's yet to come will be huge as well. So well done, mate. How, How did you go from that incredibly difficult time to, you know what, I'm going to start up living. How did that happen? I guess um, I want to make it real clear here. There's a lot of people to thank, and I don't have everyone to thank. I mean, I've got to thank Dwayne for my existence being here because I'll tell you what, the, that year of 2013 leading up to Dwayne's death, I was in a very bad place myself, and, you know, who knows where I would have been um, when Dwayne's death affected me in more ways than one, but it's affected everyone else and his family more so than anyone. And I can't even imagine what they must be experiencing and they'll never be the same again. And, you know, this was just, it was just one of those turning points. I don't know what, whatever you want to call it for a better way of the word saying it, but it was just one of those moments in life where I realized, shit, I've got to actually, got to actually do something about this. Like a, it was a very hard time, obviously traumatic, but channeling all the emotions and feelings into a legacy, so to speak, you know, something that was meaningful, it was purpose-driven, I think really helped both Casey and myself in particular, because Casey's the other co-founder in Living, and I think it really helped us channel some of our grief and channel some of our emotions into something that was positive. And as you said, the science that's backing behind that, that really does mean it helps but it's just it, you know it was a tr- it was a challenge and i'm not going to sit here and say that days or weeks months years leading past Dwayne or past Dwayne's death it was easy it wasn't you know I, I soon had my own suicidal thoughts i went down a very dark path after Dwayne's death and and it wasn't all you know sunshine there was there was a lot of dark bad lonely times um and not just for me for a lot of us for a lot of friends his family friends of friends, but this is just one story. This is happening every day. So you can imagine all these impacts that are like happening all around the world right now. Not here just in not just in states, not just in countries. We're talking continents. We're talking, you know, in the smallest towns in the world, this is happening. You know, while we're speaking right now. And think of all the impacts that's having on their people and their family and their friends. We, we can't, you can't be selfish about this. Like I've lost two people in my family to suicide, so I can't sit there and say, well, it's poor cry my family. Like you got to think of everyone. Mm. Like this is happening to everyone almost. Almost everyone can relate to a mental health challenge or a suicide at one point in their life. And, yeah, I mean, for something so bad of Dwayne's death, I mean, there has been stuff that's been good and obviously – 
I'd take everything back to have everything back and Dwayne back here and, and all that sort of stuff, but we can't do that, you know what I mean? Um, that's just the way it is. So we're doing the best we can and there's been a lot of help and support from all walks of life. Living's where it is now because of the community and that's just the way it is. Yeah, awesome. And you know, your, whole, your tagline that ain't weak to speak, um, that's been actually changing the way I think a lot lately. During that time since you and I started first communicating about lining up this interview, um, two people who I knew um, died by suicide and you know, I found that quite quite difficult. And, you know, one thing I haven't really spoken about before and even to my mates who might be listening right now is you know, a couple of really important people in my life have attempted suicide and, and won on a number of occasions. And, you know, I've had to call the ambulance for them and take them to the hospital and sit in an emergency room overnight and stuff. And, and you know, I think this is um, – that's one of the reasons I do what I do now. Um, you know, just having those experiences so incredibly close to home, you know, it's watching somebody go through that you know, has absolutely given me a deeper perspective as well and, and, and that passion and drive to make a difference, to help people you know, do life better. Um, for you, it's helping people live in, you know, to, to live more, to get more out of life and, and to speak up even more. And again, you know, like, thanks for that because as I was saying that, I feel like I'm really trying to open up more myself now and be a lot more vulnerable about my own story because what I've noticed about you, Sam, is that by you doing that, you're creating a lot more strength both within your own persona and stuff but also in the community out there making it far more okay to share. Mate, and I appreciate you sharing that with me. I mean, it's really important because I think if one of the things – I'm working on a bit of a project right now, a a talk, a, a keynote around breaking the burden of masculinity and I think one of the biggest challenges we face as males is being scared to we feel we're socialized to think it's weak to show vulnerability but I'll tell you something right now and I'm sure you'd agree with me basically based on what you just told me is if if you're comfortable with vulnerability you're giving power to others to be comfortable with vulnerability too Mm. and that's and it's there's there's not and then the amount of conversations I have every single day on a, a really deep core basis People like, well, I just, this is very refreshing to me. I don't talk to people, especially males, are never like this. Like, there needs to be more of these conversations in the world because I think if, if we can challenge the preconceived notion of what it means to be a man in particular, mm. you and I, for example, I think we'll, uh, we'll not only learn the tools, strategies to have the conversations with the ones that we love and care about, but also we'll be able to give the tools and strategies and conversations to the ones that are struggling in silence that are too afraid to speak up because of what they think a man is meant to be. And I think if we can challenge that, it will give a lot of other people hope, give a lot of people confidence to speak up and show that they can be vulnerable without being judged or, you know, perceived as being weak. And I think that's really important, man. And I think what you're doing is really great. And I mean, what, what do you find is your biggest challenge in life? What do, you, what do you find is the biggest challenge in this line of work or what you're doing? Oh, absolutely, mate. In terms of um, particularly young guys opening up, you know, like there's a couple of really important people in my life who we were able to call the ambulance, we were able to get them the help they needed because they actually were okay to open up or because we saw the signs. They kind of reached out in some other way um, and we saw the signs and were able to take action. But there's so many young guys out there who just, if they had the conversation, if they just said, mate, I'm not okay, then they'd still be here. You know what I mean? Like they, they'd be able to get the help that they need, the help that they deserve and the care. And then, you know, you hear about other guys who've lost someone through, through suicide, but 
they're just so closed up. Mm. They're not okay to talk about it. They don't either don't have the words or they don't want to find the words to share it. You know, and they kind of end up walking around almost zombie-ish, you know. The, everything just clams up. They lose interest in so many different things. So one of the biggest struggles that I see out there, again, is young people, and not just young people, but older guys as well, just having the guts to say, you know what, I'm not okay. Having the guts to, to, to be a bit more open and, and to share the struggle with other people because, you know, I think once they do that, like maybe they don't want to share it because they think that the friends will look down on them. You know, there'll be the perception of, oh, you're just weak, like you're a wuss, you know, harden up, mate. But I actually, I believe that because I've seen it, that the people who really matter, if you open up to them, they're going to be there for you. If anything, mm-hmm. it's going to strengthen that relationship. So. Yeah, man, thanks for asking me that question, but I don't, I don't know about you, but um, you know, that's one of the biggest struggles that I see out there. Yeah, I think, mate, it's very, I think it's very common and it changes from, say, high school to middle 20s to, to young family man to old family man to old, old family man. So I think, I think the, the generations certainly do shift and I think lack of understanding certainly in the high school yard does lead a lot of kids to bullying and saying things that are hurtful like, uh, you're a pussy, like pretty much what you said, and it makes kids feel more alone. I think that's the feedback we're getting out of high schools, anyway, and just a lack of education. So, in a perfect world, it, there should be classes around challenging preconceived notions of vulnerability, masculinity, all that stuff, so people ha- actually are aware that it's okay to speak about that, and that's mm. the sort of language you can use on a day-to-day basis. I think that would help greatly. The same way we go to maths or English, the same way we go to science or biology i mean this should be just a part of life like life skills so to speak but i think mate i mean biggest challenge is probably it's easier said than done we oftentimes tell people like i know when i I always reflect on when i was having a hard time i couldn't actually articulate how i was feeling so for me i used to you know sort of take it out on other things or other people because i couldn't i couldn't I couldn't actually truly understand what I was going through. I, I, it didn't make sense. I thought it was the, the new normal, and I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't really understand it. So rather than me going to classes or reading online or going to see a doctor or whatever it may have been, I would just continue to live in denial, and I wouldn't know how to have asked for help. We're taught a lot, and this is the thing. I mean, we're oftentimes we tell people, "Why don't you speak up? Why don't you mm-hmm. seek help?" Why don't you ask for help? But that's – see, this is the problem. It's not about actually asking for help sometimes because you you might not know how to – what are we actually asking people to do or say? You know, we're, we throw this around willy-nilly without actually defining it. You know, why didn't they tell me? I hear this all the time. But people don't tell you because they probably don't know how to tell you. Like, yeah. What do they say? Like how do I put it into words? I didn't know how to. Rather than encouraging help seeking, what we should be doing is we should be encouraging help giving. So being in a good place myself right now, it'd be better for me to reach down and say, if someone needs help, I'll ask you for help, bring you back up, rather than putting all the pressure on the person struggling to sort of go, oh, I need help, or shit, how am I meant to articulate my feelings and emotions? Because oftentimes that makes you feel more alone when you can't do that. Oh, for sure. It's a very very tricky one, but it's it's a part of this whole process that no one really talks about, so I want to challenge it. Absolutely. And so just with that, we, we had a question come on in from one of our listeners from Joe. And you, know, you spoke about be the help givers. I love that. 
you know, build ourselves up so that we can be more empathetic and compassionate for other people and then take that action. Joe's question was, what are some of the signs you can look out for? I know we spoke about that briefly before with body language, but from your experience, what would be some of those other signs? You know, you can look at the normal warning signs that come with someone that may be struggling, like withdrawal, someone that might be socially disconnecting. That's number one, one of the, the first ones. When someone's struggling, they start to withdraw from social groups and hangouts and gatherings. That's a very big one. Mm. Maybe change of sleep patterns, maybe not turning up to school or workplaces often. Maybe they're calling in sick more. Maybe they're leaving early. Maybe they're, you know, their work rate's not as good as it used to be. Change in appetite, change in moods, change in behavior. Maybe they, they're not participating in those sports activities or going to the gym as much as they used to. But again, they're only just some of the warning signs. There's so many different warning signs. And then on the, on the flip side, you, you can be high-functioning and suffering with major, severe, dangerous depression, and you, you could have all this shit together and you could be going to work and you could be um, going amazing in your job. You could have a great family life and everything, but behind closed doors, you're struggling in silence. And that's a, something I like to call a smiling depression, so to speak. Yeah, I heard you use that term. Before, actually, when I did some research on you from another podcast, you used the term smiling depression. And I don't think I'd heard that one before. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's very common because it, it, it sort of ties in with the facade of males in particular. And I'm just speaking from lived experience myself. But we often, you know, you, you be the life of the party. You look like you've got all your stuff together and things look like you, you, you're absolutely on fire in life. Like people want to be around you. You're socially you're socially gifted, talented at your sports, whatever it may be. And um, behind closed doors, you struggle and yet you continue to put on this facade or this brave face at the expense of your own self-worth because you're worried about what people may think or you're worried about admitting to yourself that you actually are struggling. So you continue to try to be happy and try and you almost try and convince yourself that you're okay, but really deep down you're not. You realize that you're not when you're alone. That makes sense. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, that's that burden of always living up to that expectation of being the life of the party, or being the person that's never upset, or being the person that's always there at the party, or being the person that's always, you know, successful. You're constantly pressured up to to living like this, and you can only, you know, you can it can only last so long. You don't have to answer this one if you don't want it. It might be a little bit personal, but has that been similar to your own experience? Absolutely, yeah, in the past, for sure. Definitely. I, th I think that's why I'm very passionate about that topic and I can relate to it very well. Years and years ago, absolutely, I was everything going for me, but I was, I was struggling and no one saw it and I was hiding my pain. I hid my pain extremely well and, yeah, I, just, I guess it, it went to a certain point where I needed to get help and – no one could have told me to get help. I had to take full responsibility on my, on my own actions and my own self to put my hand up and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to explore this. I'm going to try and fix this. So I had to put my hand up and ask for help. And it was just, it was a long time coming, but it, it, I did it and definitely helped. Good on you. So what, what did you do? For anyone listening out there who's connecting with this, like, what were your steps? What did you do? I mean, everyone's very different. For me, I... I do a lot of exercise. I, I like to eat healthy. I like to train well. I like to keep busy, but I also like to look after myself. I like to spend a lot of great time, like definitely being social. You know, one of the things people think when you're struggling, and it's true, like when you're actually struggling, you actually feel like 
you want to be by yourself, you start to withdraw. But when you actually push yourself to stay socially connected, you, you, you thank yourself for it. I think being, staying socially connected, even when your body and your life is telling you not to, you'll be thankful that you did. Because as human beings, we need people to survive. We need to stay socially connected. This goes back thousands of years ago, back to the days of hunters and gatherers, you know what I mean? So socially connected is number one. And just being honest with yourself. You know, I spent so many years in denial and trying to just sort of brush it off. I was like, no, 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 no. This, I had to put my hand up. Just put, putting your hand up and asking for help isn't, isn't something that's bad. Like everyone needs help sometime in their life. You've got to accept that. And I think everyone's got a different mentality. Everyone's brought up differently. And, and I was brought up in a very traditional household. Like my dad's hard as nails. And he would never say, he'd be the person that would say hard enough, get over it. You know, but it's been years of education and understanding and doing what I do now for him to realize that, holy hell, this is, this is a real issue. And this is something that's costing people their lives every single day. So just being honest, um, being open and, and being patient. I never was a real patient person growing up. Um, I'm a lot more patient now. Obviously, I haven't perfected that art, but I'm still um, I'm happy with my progress very patient these days comp- uh, compared to where I used to be. So be patient with yourself. Nice one. And I know you talk a lot about self-care comes first. So do you have a daily routine? You just mentioned exercise and eating healthy. Is there like a daily routine that you have? Mate, I, I wouldn't say daily routine. Like, all right, I've got to do this, that, and the other. I like to just get good night's sleep as best as I can, and I still have a great time. My life's full of fun. I love having a hell time, and I'm not straight straighty 180, so to speak. I have a good time. I socialize a lot. I train probably four to five times a week, but that's just because I want to. I actually thoroughly enjoy training. I eat as best as I can, but not all the time either. Like, I'll, I'll eat whatever I want some days, you know what I mean? You know, it's, it's not really a strict, structured routine, but I know what works for me and I know what, I know what keeps me ahead of the game. I know it's going to keep me in my best form possible and I need to be in my best form and shape possible with the career aspirations that I have and what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. Nice one. And so with that then, in terms of your career and your acting and, your, and living, do you feel like you would have been able to be as successful as you are now and chase the goals that you have if you hadn't had these changes? If you hadn't started thinking differently and all that, absolutely. I think I think you know I'm a massive believer that in, as bad as things get and as bad as things can be and happen in life, I'm a massive believer that things happen for a reason. I'm where I am now because of circumstances and because of choices that I've made. I've made a lot of great choices in my life. I've made a lot of bad choices in my life, but I wouldn't take any of them back because I've learned a lot from them along the way. And that's what life's about. You can't always make a great choice. I, I, I use my choices where I've made a, a mistake or I've stuffed up or I've dropped the ball, whatever it is, and I've learned from that. And I use that to fuel my motivations. I'm a very, very motivated person. So I don't need anyone to tell me what I should or should not be doing because I know what I'm doing. Nice. Uh, Can I ask you, is there, is there one mistake that was the biggest that you've learned the most from? or the funniest mistake or, or some failure or apparent failure that has actually helped you more than what you would have believed? I guess, it is, and this has just come off the, my, t- my head spur of the moment, I guess when I was in a, in a bad place, the mistake that I had is I didn't believe in myself. And ever since I've believed in myself, I think anything is possible, and I've, I've hopefully shown that so far. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of belief in myself. You know, I didn't believe that I could do certain things. I was, wasn't as confident as I should have been, and I probably was my, my own. 
and worst enemy for many years. These days, I got a lot more, a lot more, a lot more to give, and I'm I'm grateful with the path I'm on. And I just I see I, I actually it's weird. I don't know if it's a, some power or whatever. I'm, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm I see it different out of my eyes. I'm seeing seeing things differently than what I saw them ten years ago. Nice. So, have you changed your thoughts, like in terms of your self belief and what you see now? Have you changed what you tell yourself, or have you changed the questions you ask of yourself? Yeah, I've changed both. I definitely look at things as many different angles as I can. I don't like to overthink as much as I do overthink. Anyway, I think everyone overthinks, but I'm, I'm very curious. My life, I'm as I said, I'm a student of life. I'm, 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 I like to think I'm probably one of the most curious people around, and I, I like being like that because I want to just continue learning. Nice. I should introduce you to my five-year-old son then, Eli. He asks some of the, he's always asking questions. You two might get along quite well. Yeah, I think I think we would. I think I'd challenge him. <laughs> for sure. I'd give him a run for his money. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you, you like to be really curious, yeah? It helps you learn a lot. Yeah, I do, man, because, I mean, if you don't ask, you, don't, you never know. Mm. And if you're always sitting in the background scared to ask a question because you're worried about getting rejected or – Again, the answer that you don't want to hear, you'll, you'll be forever living in shoulda, coulda, would'ves. And I did that for too many years of my life, and it didn't get me anywhere. It didn't serve me any purpose. So these days, I just speak it how it is. I tell you how it is. I, if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's not about being right and wrong in my life. For me, I'm about what's correct and what's incorrect and, and what will work, what doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, that's cool. Let's try something else. Um, and, and just working hard. You've got to work hard, but you've got to have a good life. And um, you gotta. There's no such thing as being perfectly in balance either. Because if you're perfectly in balance with something, the way I see it in my head is, you, you're probably not spending enough time in something that you should be putting more time into because you're too much spending time in something else. Mm. That makes sense. Oh, for sure. So if you if you're perfectly in balance and you're spending say 20 hours a week on work and 20 hours a week in the family, you probably should be in a perfect world. You'd be spending as much time with your family and less work. You know, but, but it, it's, it's I don't know. It's it's, it's in my head. It, it sort of Looks different, feels different. No, it's fine. Balance, fine. just a, a word I use anyway, but I mean, yeah. I don't ever be perfectly in balance. Yeah, nice one. Finding what works for you, yeah. And yeah. speaking of uh, just going for stuff, regardless, you know, even if they say no, just still going for what's What's some of the biggest risks you're taking at the moment? Um, it, it just in my life in general, like I, I feel if anyone out there wants to do something, I think you can always find a way to do it. And it sounds cliche and it sounds easy, but I mean, for example, if, if I want to be, be an actor, I'm going to work very hard at being an actor. I'm going to try hard. I'm like, I, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to put devote a lot of time and effort and energy into it. I'm going to do as much as I can. I'm going to network with as many people as I can. I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to do my own short films or whatever it is, you know what I mean, to make it work. And I just think you've got to be, you just got to, if you really want something, you just go out and do it. And it's, I know it's not easy. Not everyone has everyone's on a different journey. I'm on this journey and, and you're on your journey. Everyone's on a different journey, but I think don't hold back. Do you. For sure. And so is that what helped you get into acting like Neighbours and Survivor? And, and I believe you're trying to um, lose some of your good old Australian twang and, and start speaking with more of an, an American accent, yeah, to further your, your acting career. You know, has that really helped with your acting? I just mean, doing yeah. That? yeah, it has. It has because... As I said earlier, like my whole self-awareness, my emotional intelligence, yeah, a lot of the work around living's helped, but acting is a very vulnerable space in itself. You're actually, it's the most vulnerable space ever, like when you go to classes and stuff and you're given permission to, to try things and to be vulnerable and to, to put things out there and 
explore your inner emotions and explore things in the past and all that sort of stuff. And that's a developed, increased self-awareness for me. So I feel like I'm never perfect. I'm always learning, but I'm definitely more self-aware. And because of being more self-aware, it's helped me with my acting. It's helped me with my 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 relationships with my family and my friends. It's helped me with with living and the work that I do on a daily basis with the charity. It's helped me with other things in life. It's just, yeah, and I love it. It's it's, it's more of it for me. It's more of a. It's an. It's not. I wouldn't say it's an escape anymore, but it's more of. I like being. I, I like the creative side of life, and that's. I get. I get my full. My full fix from acting. It's very creative that space, and I love that. It's challenging. Awesome. Well, where are you hoping to go with it? Well, man, I mean, I'm working on the American accent just to hopefully broaden my horizon so I've got more more range in the work that I'm doing. But ideally, I mean, I'd love to just keep working on my craft. I need to work on getting a full-time role here in Australia on TV, hopefully, for a year or two. And then I definitely would be uh, kicking myself if I didn't have a crack over in Hollywood. Um, I'd be stupid. I'd be regretting it if I was 80-year-old on my deathbed and I didn't try it. So I'm only 30 now. I'm going to give myself probably another 12 months of training a lot of hard work get my american accent down man and then i'll, I'll probably see where the see where the stars align and see where where the wind takes me <laughs> <laughs> awesome man so you just quickly and how did you get into acting i got into acting um i used to extra a lot when i was really young my mum used to put me into to extras and, and i was signed up with an agency to do extra work if you know what extra work is so it's, do, it's doing the work behind the films and that sort of stuff and i I found it very fascinating, but nothing, at the time I didn't really pursue it. I started going down the sports route. Anyway, I did that for a couple of years, and then I did sports, and then I sort of forgot about the acting, didn't, didn't really take it any further. And then I got enrolled when I moved back from America into, the, uh, into Australia. This is the year I was in a really bad place. I actually got asked by someone at my workplace when I was working in radio and TV should, uh, if I could audition for one of their, their theatre productions. They think I'd be a really good fit for one of the characters. And I said, yeah, absolutely, I'll try, but I haven't done much acting. And I, I read it and, long and behold, I got, I got the role. And it was shot, it was my first ever professional gig and I got shot that over three-month rehearsals, over 11 shows on the Gold Coast and I had an absolute ball. And just before the opening night, that's when Dwayne took his life. So um, that, that also helped me stay on track in my life. It gave me purpose and it gave me an area to sort of channel my emotions through and keep me focused instead of getting sidetracked and spiraling out of control. And I've got acting to thank for, for my being here as well. And that's just something I was generally passionate about. And I think, as I said earlier, everything happens for a reason. And I was, I was put in that room to audition for that theatre play for a reason and I did it and moved to Sydney for acting school. And, yeah, I had a few small roles here and there, mate. Nothing. Look, I'm – I'm happy and very grateful with all the opportunities that I get, but you know I've, I've I have high expectations of myself, so I want to work harder and um, get better, and and hopefully I can do more. Awesome, awesome. Uh, is there? I've got a, a few more questions I want to ask you, but firstly, is there anything I haven't asked? Cut a lot of ground here. Yeah, man, we've we've gone deep, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate appreciate the questions that you've asked, and very grateful to be on here today. Thanks, man. If, before I do go to those other questions, I just in case like. Is there one piece of advice you give someone or is there bad advice you want someone to completely ignore in terms of their mental health and well-being? Don't ever give up on yourself and don't ever give up on getting the help that you need because with the right help, hand on heart, I've seen people get back on track 
and they're living great lives. And yeah, I I hear it all too common. I went to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and I just didn't work for me. I'm not never going to go back there and see them again. But they're there for their reasons. And you know, psychologists, psychiatrists generally have their own lived experience as well as their their years of experience in the books and everything else, which makes them fully rounded in this area. And I think it's all about finding the right fit. So don't, don't don't give up on that. Don't give up on that journey. Be patient with trying to find the right fit for yourself because what works for you is going to be very different than what works for, for other people, and that's just the way it is. Oh, for sure. And with that, there's people in my life who have gone through a number of psychologists and psychiatrists before they find the right one. Mm. So absolutely, keep on finding what works well for you. Absolutely. And do, doing what makes you happy. Don't, don't do something because someone else said, get up and go for a run. It makes you feel better because it might not make you feel better. Do what makes you feel better and um, keep working hard on yourself. And don't ever give up on yourself is my biggest advice. Don't, don't ever give up on yourself because at the end of the day, you're the only person that has a relationship with yourself. And when everything's said and done and everyone might be gone, you have yourself. So you need to back yourself as best as you can. Awesome advice there, Sam. Thank you. No way. I have what I call a rocking chair test. Yeah. And this is all about when I'm old and gray and wrinkly and sitting on my porch, which I don't have yet, on the rocking chair, which I don't have yet, next to my wife, which I do have. But when, I, when I'm old and gray and looking back over my life, you know, like what's, what's the one or two things that would make me the proudest? What's the one or two things that would make me go, yeah, I've left a really good legacy? So for you, Sam, is... Would that be something that you've achieved already or would it be something that you're re- working really hard to achieve? What would be your rocking chair test? I think it's, it's, I'm, I'm always working hard for it to, to come to life. Yeah, we've, we've all made uh, live and exist, but there's, there's bigger goals than that, man. I mean, yeah, my rocking chair test is, my bucket list test is when my times are over and my days are numbered. I mean, I'd love to create, create something that outlives me and that, you know, it's changed many generations to come, you know, because of the work that's been done right now. Awesome, mate. You're definitely on the track to making that happen, man. So nice one. So if, um, if our listeners would like to get in contact with you and uh, keep up to date with those awesome posts you do with the quotes and the bit of paper and stuff, um, what would be the best way for them to follow you? Uh, they can just... Probably follow, just jump straight on either Instagram. You can find me under Sam Webb or they can go to Facebook and just follow my page on Facebook, Sam Webb as well, AU, Australia. But, yeah, very, just, yeah, grateful for everyone listening. And, um, yeah, I mean, everyone's got the power. I just want to say something. I mean, everyone's got the power to change someone's life, and you don't have to be a, a professional to do that. You really don't. And, um, yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity to speak on here today uh, on your show. Um, because hopefully it's going to reach people that haven't haven't heard about living and the work that's getting done in, in and around the community. And I want to thank everyone that's been a part of it because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be possible if people haven't helped. Oh, for sure. And even um, a bit of a plug for for living here. I'm, I'm wearing one of the living shirts right now, and uh, I've put one of the stickers on my laptop and all that. And like I was wearing this shirt around the Gold Coast the other day, and it made me feel part of something bigger. You know, just just wearing the living shirt, it says it ain't weak to speak. It, again, it made me feel part of a movement, of of a yeah. bigger conversation. And, you know, before I put it on and before we went out, I didn't actually realize how much kind of pride would come with that. 
with wearing it. Um, you know, there's I kind of came across a whole bunch of different guys as we were going out and stuff, and it just made me put my day into that different perspective, be more aware and more empathetic and have this um, greater understanding, I suppose, and, and empowers me in a way to remember that for myself. You know, it ain't weak to speak. And as I said earlier, Sam, it really has helped me open up a lot more um, on this podcast and with my own family as well. So. Um, I do encourage everyone to get out there and purchase something. Um, you know, we did have, actually, as we're speaking right now, Sam, the, the, the offer will be over when this podcast is released, but there was that 15% off discount um, yeah. because, you know, all about trying to really support the work that you guys are doing. Yeah, I can't recommend enough for our listeners to get out there and really support and be part of this community, part of this bigger movement out there. For our final two. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for that, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the help. and. Uh, you're also, you know, doing amazing work in this field and, as you said, being more open and setting a great example for yourself and the work and the followers that you've got on your network and the community and your family. I mean, so everyone's on their own journey and everyone's doing doing their own thing and just keep doing the good stuff and um, good things will follow. Oh, for sure. Thanks, Sam. I like to finish each episode with two questions. The first one is, in terms of doing life better, what does that mean for you? What does doing life better mean for me? I mean, doing life better is I'm always learning. Doing the things that you, you love with no, nothing holding you back. Awesome. So living, in essence, yeah, absolutely living. Just exactly what living's about, man. I mean, just doing life better is living. Just live, live your life as best as you possibly can and enjoy it. Fantastic. And for our final question, I, I like to um, – invite each guest to give our listeners a challenge for the week one thing they can work on for the week to help them do their life even better so sam what would be your challenge for this week my challenge to all the listeners would probably be to when they wake up in the morning um challenge themselves to do something that they're either scared of doing or they haven't done because they're worried about what people think fantastic do something that you're scared of doing or that you haven't done because you worry what other people think yeah, and it will open the horizons. It will give you confidence and, and great things come from stepping out of that comfort zone. I guarantee it. Fantastic, Sam. That's been awesome. Uh, I've really enjoyed this chat with you. It's a little bit longer than the usual one, Sam, right. but um, we did go quite deep and uh, I found it really helpful for myself. And it, I don't know, it must be quite draining for you to talk about this so often. But thank you for that because the energy that you're giving to this is creating some awesome change out there you know, to a lot of young people. Um, not just young, but right across the age spectrum. So, Sam, I really want to acknowledge you for the work that you're doing out there in the community, making this conversation okay, um, bringing it to, to mind. You know, like you see the stickers on cars, you see people wearing the shirts, you see living in lots of different places. So making it really okay to have this conversation, to be the help givers. You know, that's, that's such an important thing, Sam. So, and, and again, as I said before, on a personal note, helping me to open up more, um, to be a lot more vulnerable with my own story as well. So, Sam, you're doing some incredible work out there, mate. Well, keep up the good work. Thanks again for having me. It's been my pleasure, Dave. It's, uh, we're doing life better, man. That's what it's all about. So let's, let's keep up the good work. We'll just keep knocking it down. We'll finish off this year strong and we'll, uh, we'll enter next year with bigger and uh, better goals for everyone. Make this a better place. So there we have it, everyone. And please remember Sam's challenge for the week, which is do something that you're scared of doing or that you haven't done previously 
because you are too worried of what other people might say or think. And make sure you do check out the living.org website. They've got some incredible apparel there. I've bought a shirt and some stickers myself. I love wearing the shirt. Make sure you do get on there. A friend of mine bought one of the jumpers. Check out all their gear. By supporting them and by purchasing some of their merchandise, you are supporting the incredible work that they are doing to, again, help break down the stigma of mental health. They have programs in schools all around Australia. So, again, by jumping on their website, and purchasing some of their merchandise, you are supporting the work that they are doing. And please do remember, if you are struggling, please do make sure you call Lifeline's National 24-7 Counselling Service immediately on 13 11 14. Again, that number is 13 11 14. And for listeners outside of Australia, please contact your local crisis centre or your family doctor. Now, if you know there are people in your life who could really benefit from these messages, please do share it with them. Again, take a photo of whatever it is you're doing right now while you're listening to this episode. Tag me in at Dave Jorner and at Do Love Better Podcast. Also tag Sam Webb at Sam Webb. That's with the double B, Sam Webb, and at Livin' Org. If you would like to be a fan of the week, please do leave a rating and a review. I would absolutely love that. And for now, I can't wait to join you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Do Life Better podcast. And have you subscribed yet? By subscribing to this podcast, that enables you to get notifications every single time a new episode is released. In your podcast app, you can find all the show notes for every episode. And if you'd like to get in contact, you can do so via email at hello at projecthatch.com.au. That's hello at projecthatch.com.au. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share it with someone you think would benefit from these messages, And now it's time to get out there and do life better.